Welcome to the Cinephile History Fit Podcast, brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network and sponsored by Film Obsessive. This is the tirade film movie debate, hosted by two film critics, cool dads and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan, and Will Johnson is on a bogged down teacher holiday of sorts. Lots of things going on between coaching and work where he... Um, I'm here with Katie Gleibel, returning guest from the show. We've been covering some new releases out there, and we've got a third one for you. We're going to cover The Creator uh, from Gareth Edwards today. So, uh, Katie, welcome back to the Cinephile History Fit Podcast. Don, thank you so much for having me. Uh, the blonde in front, as I am referred to. I love being, and I love being, I love speaking to you always about anything film. And Will Johnson, you are adored and very much missed, and I cannot wait to speak to you soon about, uh, I know there's some horror films that are going to be coming up in October, and mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk to you about those. Yeah, you two. I'll, I'll be the one sitting on the sidelines, and you two will knock a few of those out, which is be fun. <laughs> uh, anyway, for this one, we've got the creator. Our format is this. The recommending lever goes first. Well, in this case, it's our guest. Katie's going to give get five uninterrupted minutes to shower her praise and state her high medicates. Um, the second person, co-host, whatever role I get to be, not hater, uh, will follow with five unrepresented minutes of my own to present any counterpoints or extra stuff and scorch a little earth. After that, we're going to open it up for about a half hour, share a conversation where the hits you fit really gets chippy. Um, I don't own a robot. Do you, Katie? Uh, not yet, Don. Not yet. <laughs> our, our time will come. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, let's go. Katie, the opening five are yours. All right. The Creator, directed by Gareth Edwards and written by Gareth Edwards and Chris Weiss, uh, starring John David Washington as Joshua, Gemma Chan as Maya, Madeline Unit Boyles as Alfie, and Allison Janney as Colonel Howe. I'll get into some more as we go on, but I just want to get that out there. Uh, This film opens up with two people in love. Uh, This is a time when Robots, or as they're called, sorry, simulants, um, are all over the world. Uh, Robots and androids and simulants. A simulant is someone um, who the human has taken their face and likeness and then has put it on a robot in case they die so that their family members don't have to feel that loss. This, um, they are, you know, working our homes. They um, work in the police force. They do a number of jobs throughout the world. And then a horrific catastrophe happens. uh, And basically America is then against the simulants since the catastrophe happens in America. Joshua and Maya live in the area of the world where robots are welcome. They're in people's communities. They're part of their families. And uh, a horrible thing happens with them that throws their lives um, all together. Joshua um, is told that he has to help find um, the underground leader so that the war against the simulants um, can end. Uh, He has memory issues. He has regrets regarding things that happened with his wife, Maya, but he's going to go back to see because... um, they found out, or he sees a um, image of her where she is still alive. Uh, there, if there's anything that I feel like someone could say about this film that would be negative, it's like, oh, well, we've seen this before, we've seen this before. There are 
areas of the film that are definitely acknowledging different sci-fi films. But the fact of the matter is, is that I think this is Gareth Edwards' love letter to sci-fi. A number of influences that I saw in this are Aliens, iRobot, Interstellar, Ex Machina, District 9, Blade Runner, Avatar. Um, uh, What? There was another one that I forget. Um, But any of those films, I don't think is a negative. I mean... It's not like they directly said, oh, I'm going to take this scene and make it look exactly like that. But you can definitely see where it could have been influenced by it. And if this opens people's eyes to the world of sci-fi, I am fine with that. Uh, The stellar performance to me in this film was uh, the little girl, Madeline Yuna Boyles. I'm going to admit, at um I there was a time where I actually got teary-eyed. And when uh we saw this, I believe we were at the same screening, Don. This was actually the second time I had seen this movie. Can't tell you why I saw it the first time. Maybe I met the director and took a picture with him. I don't know. But Gasp. uh yeah. <laughs> but um that at that time they it still wasn't finalized. There were still a lot of things that had changed. Um, that they had done that um, I think they changed in a positive way. I think John David Washington, um, I mean, his performance with uh, Manila, sorry, Madeline Univoyles is the key to this entire film. But the thing that really uh, is going to blow people away, at least in my opinion, and I'm going to say it right now, once we do our Oscar talk, uh, this is what I'm going to say is going to win these special effects in this film. They are absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, we're in an age right now where we're talking about AI and, you know, um, taking people's jobs. And, um, you know, it's honestly very uh, interesting, the timing of the release of this film and what's been going on with the strikes for WGA and SAG. Uh, it's I mean, honestly, it really it really blows me away what human beings can create on screen, because at no point did I feel like some of these things were at, uh, were, were fake. I mean, it is just breathtaking. And then you just have the practical effects, which are also just absolutely incredible. I mean, to me, I think this is just a beautiful sci fi film. It's mis- it's like taking so many aspects of so many amazing sci-fi films and just rolling it into something that's like absolutely um and completely beautiful i to me this could be in my top 10 when i saw it uh in june i absolutely loved it i think it's even better now i think gareth edwards who did one of my favorite uh films in the star wars uh saga rogue one I think, I mean, he is a force to be reckoned with in um, the sci-fi genre as far as a director. I think he really gets these performances out of people that uh, are absolutely amazing. Allison Janney, my God, is, whoo, she plays a person that it's, it's hard to forget her on. It's like she is, she is just a menace and I love her for it. I Highly recommend this movie. I say go see it in the theater, in the biggest screen you can, because honestly, it is just grand. And 
just again, just you'll you're going to be dumbstruck with the sci-fi and the special effects, and you really don't don't wait for it to come out on uh, you know streaming and stuff like that at home. See it in the theater because this is the reason why they make movies. Uh, I that's all I got to say, Don. I'll take it to you, but yeah, my uh, I get a major go see this movie right now. I I am right there with you. Um, I know we're not arguing a lot on these shows, but um, <laughs> this um, yeah, I'm glad you rattled off the list of like little nods or homages or or, or little pieces and elements that that seem whatever they want to call it familiar from other places. Um, I've been seeing a lot of um, pushback. I know the reviews can, we're recording this uh, two days before it hits theaters and uh, the early reviews are out, the written ones and stuff like that. And I, and I, I'm really good about not reading other people's reviews before I write my own. Um, but um, I, of course you'll see like the Facebook headline where it's kind of your, you know, your little one liner that kind of leads to link. And I'm watching so many people uh, or peers, I should say, just complain about, Oh, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. I've seen this before. I, we, we we've seen it all before. Um, I I'm at that point where I'm watching it where I don't care if you're if you can do a flavor of this and a flavor of that, or you take the aspect of the, the the grander themes that are common anywhere you go, sci-fi otherwise, and you can tell me a good story along the way that I'm captivated and taken with. I I don't care how good how much it looks like something else. You told me a damn good story, and I was there. And maybe this is me being um, a different viewer than you, but like the dad feels man fucking crushed me. I was, I'm sobbing. I'm sobbing in the movie theater with no shame at all. Uh, just tough crying whatnot. And and if a movie can do that in the guise of being uh, a sci-fi homage if we're going to call it that or even just uh, original science fiction which we don't get a lot of uh, nothing is franchise based and and if if you're going to do that you got me and i'm happy to in, to invest and in, and get into that kind of experience where um and that's that's a soft spot for me as a person who enjoys science fiction if you can tell me an original science fiction story and you can tell me a human a human hitting science fiction story you kind of got me and i always end up overrating those higher than my very cynical peers where um i think the last one that really kind of hit me in the same ton of bricks way was um the midnight sky by george clooney from a couple years ago Ooh, where, yes. where i just i just love it i is it simple is it not huge and evocative and and massive and 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 action-packed yeah it's not that but you know what? You are locked in to find out what happens to that little girl, to that old man, and the people on those uh, on Jupiter trying to figure things out with the impo- you know the approaching menace. And that's here. Um, you are locked in to that little girl. You are locked into John David Washington. I don't care if it's a white savior movie told with a black lead. It's th- you got me. You got you had me at. I just want to see my girl again. I just want to mm-hmm. fix this. Um, yeah, you thrust me into this military operation to do a larger, deeper thing. But as soon as that, that as soon as that whole adventure piece sours, it's just this quest to do the right thing and get the right thing. And then you run into this little girl who melts your damn heart. Talking about heaven and shit. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm out. I'm gone. You have me. Um, because as soon as you hear a voice like that, who's inexperienced in the world, um, speak with you know, an idea of theology in mind. And I know, and I know I'm over reading this, but you're watching robots that, that almost look like they've been, I wouldn't even want to say programmed, but just been around enough um, faith filled people to like, 
live almost amongst lifestyle. Robots live amongst lifestyle, so to speak, or a religious lifestyle. Or a, um, I know it's not Dalai Lama and Hindu, and like it's a very ambiguously religious thing we've got going on or a faith-filled thing we've got going on with the the resistant side over in new asia versus the imposing colonial americans and whatnot where again yeah i get it there's some avatar shit there but um but no um when you've got me there speaking like that like i watch that little girl talk about heaven and i'm my brain goes to michael clark duncan talking about it in green mile stuff like that where if you can get a sci-fi movie that can bring feels and not just technical savvy, not just things to impress you, not just spectacle for the sake of spectacle. You've got something special. And this movie is, yeah, it's going to be my top 10. It is special. Am I going to be crazy enough to give it a full five stars when I finish this review tonight? Shit, I might. Um, I, <laughs> we're, we're, I mean, I and I recognize like, yeah, like Allison Janney is a menace, but there's not a lot. There's not a lot of arc to her, or whatnot. But I think there is because she's lost her family, and the, enough of that is there. Is and again, yeah. I, I, if you take away John David Washington and you put another character here, is it the American character saving the Asian character, the white savior bullshit stuff? I guess, but like the fact that they don't do that, the fact that it is John David Washington, the fact that it um it doesn't end the way you think it's going to end, the fact that it doesn't progress the way it progresses, the fact that um there's uh, where the white hats and where the black hats are in this fake Western of whatnot. And, and then again, yeah, it's playing on topical technology that is definitely hitting the headlines now, but it does so in a smart and an amazing way where I, I, I have to tip my hat at sure. Take an evocative topic, spin some not too distant future. And you can always impress us with that. Like something like oblivion or another original science fiction that just happened to play with some, topical things in that but like some just like oblivion just like the midnight sky just like this one you've got the human element that is witnessing and and living within science fiction that gets you that knocks your feels on your ass and i'm down for that every time you give a movie the chance to do that and not just rush and blow shit up this movie has plenty of things that get destroyed but there it it, it has the things that get destroyed matter the things that get destroyed hurt and that's really cool because you've made it matter. Um, I can't name. A, I, there's so many movies I can name that don't make it matter. And this one does. And that's what gets me going. I, I love it. It's great. It's very high on my list of favorites for the year. And I'm no shame in doing it. All right, folks, hang tight and please enjoy the short announcement from the Ruminations Radio Network. All right, welcome back. Yeah, Katie, I don't know if I'm overselling it. Um, I you listed off all the homages and things like that, and uh, and what I see, I'm with you. What I what other people are seeing as crutches and knocks, I see as homages and uh, starting points as initiative. Yes, look, I went on. I don't want to say a rant, but there's a movie that came out this year that, to me, blatantly took scenes from yeah. films replicated them okay um and you gotta then, tell us now. Um, they made that film okay. that is not what i feel happened with this this was a film that here's a part that okay you know what i can see this this kind of reminds me of blade runner it's not yeah. exactly there's things that just okay you kind of like this but then you take this twist you have this there's something from ex machina there's a little bit here right there's you know i mean let let me Allison Janney's character very much remind me of Stephen Lang's character in yeah. um, Avatar, including uh, the scar. But you've mm -hmm. got to hear her backstory 
Exactly. When you see her later on in the film, she is a son of a bitch of part mm -hmm. of my French. And but you need to have that backstory in the beginning that right. only she could perform like that. And the horror that she, um, you know, had to deal with with her family, which is also you kind of wonder if that is even real because she's, you know, getting John um, David Washington into the fold to make him, you know, yeah. want to fight more because there's also aspects of the film that it's like, OK, so who really was responsible for the atrocity that happened? Mm -hmm. And right. did I want a little bit more into that? I did a little bit, but at the same time, no. Uh, right. Which I'm being vague because I really want people to see this and get their own idea. Same. Uh, what you were saying, you know, uh, people say, oh, you know, there's knocks, knocks, knocks. Again, I consider them homages. Do I think everyone on that little uh, ship that's going to the free area where um, the simulants are? Does it remind me of the entire cast of Aliens? Yeah. <laughs> they have their little um, nuances about them and stuff like that. But it's not like they fully on copied what they were yeah. saying. And I feel like that's what you need to have when you have like some of these sci-fis. Again, I could be wrong, but I really feel like Gareth Edwards did this as his like true love to this yeah. genre. Um, I'm and with he you. did it excellently. And yeah. I mean, like you were saying, I am not I am not a parent. But my God, that little girl. Oh, mm -hmm. oh man. I mm -hmm. mean, there are a number of things in the film. It's not like it was surprised to me. The big reveal, it kind of figured same. that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty much right away. Uh, but at the same time, that's fine because the when yeah. they did show you it, it was done with such heart and depth and yes. sensitivity that it was just beautiful. But, um, yeah, Madeline Yuna uh, Voiles. Oh, girl, seriously, mm -hmm. you, I haven't cried in a film, Whew. I think, all year long. This one, okay. I can't say that I did, but at the same time, you I almost, and that says a lot, because there yeah. are a number of films that we've even talked about where I pointed out yeah. to people, here's five reasons why you're going to cry and when you're going to do it. And she really uh, almost broke my heart with this one. Mm -hmm. She is outstanding <sighs> as it's Alfie. So and the scenes with her and John David Washington are just, they're the key to the film. They really, really are. I agree. There also is the humor with the AI that it's like that uh, you need to throw that in. Like when um, they're getting a translation from, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I'm going to say this, like, uh, what is it? Um, it is. Sorry, I'm just reading this off. Please um, make love, uh, make love to yourself and make love to your mother. That to me <laughs> yeah. was so funny and yet so poignant regarding the issues that a number of things are going on with AI. But yeah, um, my favorite line from the film is that you're not good and I'm not a person. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, when you watch the movie, you'll understand that more. But yeah. I could I just I just think it's beautiful. I think it's I'm with you. timing wise. It could have gone on longer to even show more. But I think sure. what they did was fine. It shows the horrors of war, you know, on every aspect. I definitely feel like it is not a fan of Americans. I don't even want to say humans. definitely not a pro uh, USA film. 
That is for sure. At the same time, uh, there are a number of things that USA has done in other countries that uh, there it's not. I'm not necessarily a fan of the USA that they did what they yeah. did. And we, this we deserve I mean, our nose rubbed. We deserve our nose rubbed in some of these colonial bullshit things we've done. You betcha. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. But yeah, I'm with you, Don. I mean, honestly, I could talk about this film for hours and no, everything. There's so much uh, to dissect. The and I am happy that when I saw it the first time, as mm-hmm. I said, they definitely improved a number of things. Uh, Good to hear. There was a certain chemistry issue I had with John David Washington and Gemma Chan. I just didn't okay. feel like it was there until a major, major point in the film. I don't want to say when because that's kind of, it's a major spoiler. But they definitely, I feel like with editing and maybe some reshoots, I don't necessarily know if they were able to maybe get the two of them. But the way they did some stuff, I feel like they edited it better that the um, chemistry between them was way more believable for him to be, you know, traipsing across and doing all of these things five years after um, this horrific event happened. Yeah. No, I'm I'm impressed with um like you kind of said with kind of the world building aspect to it where there's obviously a whole lot here to possibly chew on. Even the way the movie opens with like the um like the news really want to be like you know quick quick little you know prologue of history before our you know present day will start and whatnot. Um, where you, yeah, there's room you can dive into this and this movie being 133 minutes, there's extra here. You know where it, you're 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 telling a saga of a story, and I think what I think we all come to realize pretty quickly that this one's going to stay on John David Washington and the, uh, and the rest of the world's just kind of, kind of be there around him against him. And that's enough where we don't see like the, I mean, we have this general character in one spot. We, we see little snippets of the president or the government things that got him there, but it doesn't overarch and, and span the film on that level. Um, which in a way I know again, kind of feels like avatar where it's just, you know, the man against his mission and the, and the, and the immediate people around to do that. But, um, no, I'll, I'll go to where you're going with this whole idea of like, um, a dab of this and a dab of that, where if I think when the people that we're kind of citing, you know, take a science fiction movie and completely ape it to the point of like directly reproducing things with, with an, with an eye of not so much homage, but this is, I don't know how to do it. So I'm going to borrow it. Um, when you see that here and there in other films, it does look cheap and it does look it does doesn't it doesn't come across as very genuine. But I gotta tip my hand again to Gareth, where um, when you have this many possible things you can kind of tip your hat to in terms of inspiration and homage, to take that many things, reshade them, recolor them, kind of reconstitute them, um, blend them, put them through your you know. Um, your loom that you're weaving here with this story and to merge it together as you do. And to do so with location shooting, like they're in Vietnam, Cambodia, Japan, Indonesia, Thailand, Paul, um, they didn't do this building sets, which saved them a bunch of money. Cause he even says it in the Wikipedia quotes, uh, a plane ticket is a whole lot cheaper than building a set that he's really got something going. And I'll say one thing before I pass it back to you here quick, like, when you were talking about kind of the the homage of this, the homage of that, not a direct homage, but just more of a respectful, hey, I remember my influences and I think I can do a thing with it. It reminded me a ton of, um, and it didn't, re- I didn't think of this till now talking to you, um, like Damien Chazelle doing what he does with La La Land and Babylon, yes. where you can tell Chazelle loves his, uh, you know, his Demi musicals. 
and uh, he, where he's like, I'm going to make one of my own, but throw a whole bunch of ideas and other things in here too, where it's my own. It, there's a you know stark comparison you can make to the things that came before it, but I'm going to do it with my own art, my own skill, my own craft, my own homage. Uh, same thing with Babylon, where you can pull Sing in the Rain and a zillion little influences of Babylon, uh, and yet it's still it's still so much just it's still so much a Chazelle film of Chazelle doing Chazelle that um, I think that's the level I'm willing to put kind of Edwards on where like, yeah, he, this isn't a workman like director thing where he's been given all these cocktail napkins. They have to stick stitch together. He took a great big soup of all the great ingredients that he knew he liked and did his own thing, cooked his own dish. And I tip my hat to that. I agree. Uh, so I'm looking on IMDb and it yeah. says Gareth Edwards has cited films such as, and I forgot to mention this because I even said this when I was in, actually after watching the film, I, yeah. um, we dis I discussed this with some people. Uh, so that he cited films such as Apocalypse Now, Baraka, uh -huh. Blade Runner, Akira, Rain okay. Man, The Hit, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, and Paper Moon. Paper Definitely can Moon. see Paper that? Moon. Same. I mentioned Blade Runner before. I totally forgot to say Apocalypse Now because uh -huh. that when you're you in know, Thailand, yeah. you can definitely see yeah, it's, it's like you've got the American side being the crew from Aliens, and then uh, you know the um, uh, simulant side being the crew from. Uh, I felt like a little bit from Apocalypse Now, mm -hmm. and there was something that I know we were talking about um, after the film that um, the budget was. $80 million. Yeah. Now, that is a lot of money. But when you watch this movie. Not, not by today's prices. That's, not that's by today's. And I yeah. mean, when you watch this film. And I mean, I don't know. I'm just. I I, I am saying that. I don't know if that is it actually a total, total fact. Because that's what someone uh, said when we were outside the film. But if that is true, that is absolutely outstanding. Yeah. I mean, again visuals of this movie and the special effects are just just i mean i i that's the mm -hmm. word gobsmacked the other thing yeah. that i forgot to mention han zimmer's score oh absolutely beautiful yep. um along with the cgi and special effects that i i think this is going to be a guaranteed nominee let alone I think so I, right now it's my vote for the win. I think Same. Hans Zimmer has a major chance of getting a nomination for score for the film. I mean, it's beautiful. Gareth Edwards. I look forward to seeing um, what he's going to do next. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> so what I'm reading more about with this $80 million production is um, he did this thing where um, um, he, shot everything on location and did everything about effects in post rather than green screen stagecraft motion capture whatnot where in um once the film had been finalized and edited to be what it's going to be then the visual effects were layered on top where then all then you're not using visual effects on 200 minutes of film you're using visual effects on 133 minutes of film saving you time and money the word around the campfire is yeah, this one's 80 million on something that would normally take you 300 million. And it's not like he got bum special effects people. This is ILM. Like, yeah. this is the pros here. I mean, he didn't like this. Is, I mean, and not that this isn't, not that it wouldn't be great to see like what, um, what Alex Garland has done when he did Ex Machina for under $30 million. Like, if you can DIY and do it yourself with smart 
small things where it's just and will and i have talked about this in the show where the special effects are just there to enhance the picture but not dominate the picture you it, it can be done and it look, can look great and this is one of those few films that i can say nowadays few and far between that look like you really are there that the effects that are there even to just enhance the body piece parts of people you really feel like they're there because guess what ken watanabe still standing there yeah he might have the appliances look on there where you can tell it's just a, a green hoodie that can help a little bit, but it's not a green hoodie on top of a green screen doing green other things that he's fighting against 800 things. It's the, the P it's X Machina is a good comp where the, the visual effects are just so slight. Uh, they're powerful. They're, they're clear, but they're slight enough that they don't dominate your whole frame and picture. And it's a frame and picture that was shot like ultra widescreen ben her level 2.76 to 1 ultra wide so i mean that's a grand gorgeous looking film well and don i don't know if you read this too but i yeah i'm just going from the imdb filming began in thailand on january 17 2022 principal photography on the film wrapped on may 30th 2022 that's now incredible. to I mean, me yeah. again what the what that they were able to accomplish all of that yeah. after filming in just a little over a year. Amazing. Like this again, people, yeah. is special effects and CGI that, I mean, it's honestly, it's, you don't see where it's fake. Like it really Same. is like scary to me how real this stuff yeah. looks. Like it, it's it is so impressive. that impressive. And to know that they did that in a year's time, a year. Mm -hmm. It's just even more mind blowing. Like, right. Wow. And, and, I mean, yeah. And, and I'm COVID call year it, too. It's, it's yeah. going to get the Oscar for um, best special effects. I, I I don't have a contender that beats it. Um, I know everyone's kind of loving what uh, Zim, uh, what Nolan did in Oppenheimer of like somewhat practical effects to do the Trinity test, but it doesn't do what this movie does with the layers that it does. And again, for the cost and for the scope of it, yeah, this. And we we've also we we've all seen the other stuff this year where it's better than the Flash, it's better than the other kind of, you know CBMs we've seen so far. Um, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy looks great, but this looks better. Maybe Aquaman can come in at the end of the year and be like, "Dang!" Because James Wan made a pretty darn good looking Aquaman movie several years ago. Where that might be a contender more from a from a volume and amount standpoint, but in terms of sharpness and use, I, I don't have one better. I'm with you. This this is. Yeah. It's damn good. Well, and again, we've discussed, um, you know, how I think that casting directors don't get uh, the accolades that they deserve. And again, with this, the character actors and supporting cast is just yeah. so impressing, uh, impressive. You got Ken Watanabe, Sergio ah. Simpson, Amar Shanda Patel, Mark Menchaca, uh, mm -hmm. Ralph Ineson, who yeah. that's it. That's an actor that many know his voice rather than his yeah. face. He was in green Knight. He was in ready player one. Uh, what is it? Game of Thrones. He's someone mm -hmm. that you know who he is, but even if you may not know his name, these are characters that stand out and yet they don't overshadow everything that's going no. on, which is something that I always love. Michael yeah. Esper. I mean, the cast is just absolutely fantastic. And I mean, I'm going to praise this a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, again, second time seeing it, seeing the improvements that they made to it, that I think they made to it. I love it even more. 
I didn't cry the first time. I almost lost it um, in the front row. And I was in the front row at the IMAX theater. Yep. Loved it. Loved just being it completely being completely immersed in the magic that was on screen. I can't praise it enough. I mean, I just okay. think, I mean, me, I was raised on sci-fi. Dad, you know, quote unquote, made me watch Star Trek. Couldn't stand it when I was a kid. Learned to love it. Learned to appreciate it. Um, just talk about it as much as I can, anytime I can. And this is one of those um, films that it's like, just knowing that I feel like people who love sci-fi, I think will really love this film. I think so too. Um, they, and I hate that the people who love sci-fi are just finger pointing the homages without like, Hey, step back, see what they did with it. You know, look, look at what we've got here. We've got, and maybe this is over amplified in our era of now where we have so many franchises here and there, but like we've just been gifted uh, an original science fiction, epic saga with sensible special effects made with like all those 90s mid-budget tricks we've always been talking about on this show and other shows about like what if we make movies like we used to this is a make movie like you used to thing that just happens to look really good in 2023 and you said it with with um with good with good actors that aren't i mean john david washington has become uh, a star i can't say he's an a-list star quite yet black you know black clansman vaulted him but he he's obviously been very shrewd with his choices to pick things that that aren't immediately superstardom kind of stuff. So, and even this movie, what it, it, being a, a an original science fiction movie that likely isn't trying to build a universe and do a thing, he's, he's and he picks something with it, such a human core to it, where he, the man's making good parts um, and picking good parts. Um, anytime you got Ken Watanabe in a movie, Gravitas just shows up on the resume. You, you might as well just wa- write Gravitas on his resume, slide across the table. But um, <laughs> unexpected is like Sturgill Simpson is like. John David Washington's buddy, like Drew, who's like, you know, crossed over, lives in lives in that place now, gave up the old life, has the robot girlfriend and and um, like just a nice part for him. And that's a recording artist. That's the that's like getting Harry Connick Jr. to show up on Independence Day and not be a, a boob, you know? Um, yeah, it's such it's it's appreciable stuff that isn't overpowered by. I'm so happy this movie isn't overpowered by some big star that would have came in with an ego to with the idea of taking it over and making it a glamour project. Because if this was Cruz, if this was uh, any, uh, unfortunately name a Marvel actor, if this was Evans Hemsworth, um, it would, it would be too much, but it's John David Washington and he hasn't done. I mean, he's done some big things. Tenet counts as a big, big thing, but like he's not trying to, yeah, he's not trying to steal this movie. Not when little Madeline's stealing it from him. So yeah, yeah, I I just really appreciate it so so much. I want to see it again. I don't know how or when because again we're in that rush of movie movie times where it's hard to see another thing again. But uh, I'm with you. So happy to see this in IMAX. It bumps in IMAX. Um, the visuals, the sounds, Zimmer score. That's the way to see this movie. Um, for when we're recording this, it comes out in two days. Go see it. Um, closing thoughts, Katie. Where are you at with this? Closing thoughts. Uh, I again, it's uh, a beautiful love letter to sci-fi. I wish that it would have come out earlier um, in the year, or maybe closer to uh, when the awards are going to come out. Because I feel like right now is a very tricky time, especially yeah. since you've got um, uh, all the scary movies with Halloween, and that's a number of reasons why 
a lot of movies fail. It's like when they premiere. And uh, that's, I remember seeing that with um, The Last Duel and stuff like that. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's a horrible time for it to come out. This is right before that. So I'm really hoping that that gives it the push. Uh, You know, you may complain that you've seen some of this stuff before. It's not necessarily that you've seen it before, but it's just that it, you, it just sparks a memory of it. And I feel like that is not a bad thing because all the movies that I listed that I feel like it sparked a memory from, I mean, they're some of the best, if not the best sci-fi films ever made. So if you're going to do a little tip of the hat, and uh, thank you for doing this um, to any of those films. That is not a bad thing. Uh, I say see this film again, like uh, Don said, see it in IMAX. You want to have that viewing experience. This is a film that was made to be seen in the theater. Uh, this is why you go to the theater, go and see it in IMAX, see it in the theater and enjoy. Well said. Well said. Uh, Katie, thanks again as well for coming in. Uh, thanks again for kind of substituting in where, where Will couldn't be. Uh, this was meant to be a movie we all saw for press. Uh, didn't happen, but that's all right. Uh, we'll get Will again as the, year, as the year goes on and the season continues. But uh, thank you again for coming on, Katie. Thank you, as always. Will, you are Miss Dearly. Uh, I cannot wait to talk to the, you two gentlemen Again, hopefully very, very soon about a number of films that are coming out. And especially, especially during award season, because I am very much looking forward to speaking about uh, who we think is going to be nominated. And then when those nominations come out. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Katie, tell the good folks where they can find your work. Uh, you can find um, myself, Katie Glidewell, The Blonde in Front on The Blonde in Front on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And I also record uh, vlog reviews with Postmortem Radio and Radio of Horror. And then I'm a guest on a number of different podcasts in the Chicagoland area and afar. Um, And always loving uh, to talk about film with uh, many of my members from Chicago Indie Critics and uh, anyone who knows what they're talking about. (laughs) Sweet. Again, thank you, folks. We have merch here on this show uh, for shirts and stickers. Find some sweet f- cinephile his of swag on tpublic.com slash user slash Ruminations Radio Network. That's the storefront where you'll see our stuff and stuff from the other folks of the Ruminations Radio Network podcast family. Follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit, on Facebook at Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, and on Instagram at Cinephile Fit. Find both Will and I by name on Letterboxd to check out our film reviews and ratings. We are also on Rotten Tomatoes with this show, and we are charter members of the Independent Film Critics of America. Thank you so much for your loyal listenership and our tussles and for connecting with us on social media. Cinephile Hissy Fit is a Ruminations Radio Network podcast sponsored by Film Obsessive and 25 Whale. If you enjoyed this show, the Ruminations Radio Network has more excellent programming with stellar hosts and spirited topics. Please rate, review, subscribe to our show and others on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. 